I'll do it in the beginning if it's like, this is <laughs> like Kurt Russell saying this in the movie Overboard, which never should have happened. Zippity doo dah, zippity day. Oh my, oh my, I got a wonderful slave. Which is a slave song and offensive in and of itself. And may, it made worse when he's like, yes, I have enslaved a woman. And with that, welcome to the Nostalgia Killers. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Nostalgia Killers podcast, where we revisit films from our youth to see if they still hold up or should be inserted into the great DVD player in the sky. Uh, I'm joined once again by Robert Negoesco. Hello, and uh, thank you for having me back. Filmmaker, comic book author, artist, publisher. Thank you. Extraordinaire. (laughs) And I put him through this movie, and I am very sorry. I want to say that up front. I mean, we kind of... We were in the the afterglow of the high of RoboCop. RoboCop. We were like, yeah, man, let's get into something real gnarly. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, I loved Overboard when I was a kid. Okay, dude, let's watch it. It'll be great. It'll be funny. And and that's like the extent of it. Like, as far as the nostalgia goes for me, that's all I remember is like, that was fun. That was kind of funny. There was kids in it that were my age and I could identify with, but... I mean, it was my first Kurt Russell movie, I think. Oh, wow. I think, because I I never watched any of the cool ones. You started at the bottom. (laughs) Yeah, worked my way up. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I guess I did, and I still love him. (laughs) Look at that. He's one of my favorite actors. Yeah, same. This this should not taint his otherwise, I don't know, fun career. I would would call it fun. And this movie's not good, but it is fun trying to be fun it has it has a, a weird nostalgic power yes uh, like you were talking about earlier with like most of the people you know you told you were doing this we have to get into it because there's some sort of enchantment or something that's over this movie i don't fully grasp like it literally made me like question like what are movies why are movies beloved at all mm-hmm. and like I just don't know, like happy accidents. And it's like, are more than I think happy accidents. Cause it's like, I mean, this movie didn't do well when it came out. I looked that up. It did. Okay. Which I thought it would do. No, it worse. lost money though. Right. Uh, I got down. It, it It cost like 22 million and made 26. Oh, okay. So actually it just kind of broke even basically. Yeah. And I mean, they weren't doing the whole half the budget is in marketing back then. So it's like, it probably actually did make a little bit of money. Yeah. Um, but it's also, this is 1987 as well as RoboCop. Right. This costs like 9 million more than RoboCop. Where did that money go? Boats. I, oh, I can't believe Boats. that. I cannot believe that. That is it. We could have had another RoboCop suit. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Kurt could have been in a Robocop suit, which made this movie way better. I mean, it must have gone to Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. Like, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. Cause they just rented those boats. It's not like they're building like, and, and the set design is like tacky looking, even when it's supposed to be like expensive, you know, it didn't think, look good. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure they used a set at all. It looked like it was all location. So then what if all that money literally went into like, sealing <laughs> these two stars, which are the only things that this movie has going for it. Maybe that's why it's bad. It's not a real movie. It's just a front. Yeah, maybe wow. by Roddy McDowell, who's in the movie. Yeah. But it's like, he produced this movie and I'm like, I, that made a little bit more sense because I'm like, okay, this is 1987. 
why this is so weird is that this is like a lame early 60s comedy. Mm-hmm. Like well, not even the great era of like, uh, you know, Cary Grant. And they said that they were referencing that, but it doesn't feel like that. It, it feels like a sitcom. Yeah. It said that there like, is a loose remake of like a 1958 okay. film. It, it feels so. like that. It feels like a shitty version of like the Billy Wilder comedy, uh-huh. you, you know, like which are great. Those are great. But like. I don't know, man. It's it just, just, it was weird. It just wasn't. It's a weird tone. Everything's weird. Weird editing. Who did they get to edit this thing? Strange editing. As, as uh, purveyors, you and I both of uh, college film festivals yeah. type stuff. And we're used to that kind of that editing level. It, it was a little bit better than uh, that. Maybe. Yeah. A little bit. I, I came to the conclusion. Um, I just did, um, why can't I remember what I did yesterday? <laughs> I don't know. It didn't I, happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were talking about um, Big Trouble in Little China. Sure. And uh, I kind of came to the conclusion already just just re- early on in revisiting all these older films is that in the 80s, you could kind of get away with doing anything Yeah. in film. And they would just cover it up and gloss over it and, and just shove it out to theaters. Yeah, there's a... I mean... There's a little bit of that. I mean, like, yeah, movies were doing good at the time, even though it's like a terrible time in cinema. Yeah. But maybe that's why it was doing good, because the American population has been kept like stupid for, <laughs> I don't know, 100 years. I don't know how long. Uh, very, very likely. Because, <laughs> like, I don't want to cast any stones, but, like, yeah, literally everyone I talked to said they love this movie. Right. Same I posted movies. about it. People responded angrily. Yeah. Like, don't, don't you touch my no, overboard. It's perfect. Uh huh. Like it's a perfect encapsulation of the time period. I think like someone said that to me and I was like, I don't, uh, I don't know how to talk. I don't like, know, I don't think you've watched it recently. Yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest, but like, no, my sister, sorry, Susie, she has watched it recently <laughs> and still likes, still it. likes it. Okay. So I don't know, man. I think it's like, there's the movies that you watch once, right? And you're like, that was a good movie. And you'll never watch it again. Sure. And then there's movies that can be of varying quality that you will watch over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And I really do think that comes down to like, I just want to hang out with these people. Like, Spaced is great, but mostly I want to hang out with those people. With those That's guys. why I've watched it five times. Sure. You know, not because it's like really good. I'll watch it once because it's really good, maybe twice. Yeah. But I want to hang out with those people again. Yep. And that's the Tarantino movies are great. Plus you want to hang out with those people sure. every time. And it's like, that's the magic. And I think that's the weird, whatever dark deal with the devil magic <laughs> they did to make overboard. It's like, you have the craziest chemistry. Well, it was fucking Gary Marshall who has a, a history of making good movies. Yeah. Memorable movies. Pretty woman, right? Pretty woman. Um, I was going to just pull them up real quick. Yeah. Even Pretty Woman is cheesy, but it's like good cheesy. You know? Like it's well made, it's good. We we should we let's let's revisit that one day. We'll we'll watch that one for this. Podcast. Yeah, George Costanza <laughs> like hitting <laughs> Julia Roberts. I remember that and I was like, "Whoa." Do do 31 acting credits or uh, directing credits. Pretty Woman, Frankie and Johnny, which I I do remember fondly. It's uh, it was good. I think I only watched it once. Exit to Eden, which okay. is pretty funny. Dear God, okay. 
Runaway Bride, Princess Diaries. Princess Diaries. Yeah, one and two. And and that's just like in the last two decades. Yeah. Before that, he's been an actor. He's been in, in film. Sure. He knows everybody. So, I mean, he is a, a straight up bona fide classic under his belt in Pretty Woman. And then like Princess Diaries? Mm-hmm. Wait. Princess Bride or Princess Diaries? Princess Diaries. Oh, okay. You're thinking, you're thinking of... Uh, no, no, no. I was like, oh, this guy's got a masterpiece? <laughs> no, wait, that's Rob Reiner, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay, Princess Diaries is uh, a Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. And all, yeah, that all makes sense. These are all of that type of... Like, they're feel-good, extremely feel-good, which is part of the reason why people like this, right? Mm-hmm. It's the only reason you're... Because it's like... It's, it's rom com Everything works out in the end. Yeah. Even though that makes no sense. Yeah. No sense at all. Whoa. I mean, should we like give an explanation of the plot for people who have not seen this movie? Do you want to take a go at it? Yeah. Don't yeah. Let's, let's try. Okay. So um, Goldie Hawn plays a rich snob, uh, like super out of touch, cartoonishly out of touch. Um, she's they're on a yacht on some whatever yacht rich people adventure. And they're stuck in some small seaside Oregon town for like a week or something for some reason to fix the boat. And then Kurt Russell's a carpenter. And while they're there, she's like, well, I'm going to have my closet redone and brings him aboard. And he makes a pretty cool closet. It's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool with the rotating for the shoes. So she can fit more shoes in the area. And yeah, You'd be happy, but he made it with the wrong wood or something stupid like (laughs) that. It's not cedar. Yeah, yeah. So they have this big argument, and she doesn't want to pay him. Basically throws all him and his tools overboard off the boat, and he's like, fuck you, lady. Yeah. (laughs) You know? But that's the end of it. The rich won. But then... Wait, how does she fall off? They're they're already sailing away. She has to go retrieve her r- wedding ring from the bow. Yeah, that's and it. And she falls overboard out at sea. Yeah. She gets picked up by a fishing... Tra- was it crabs or fishing? I forget. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, but she has amnesia. Yeah, memory she, loss, either from the cold or she hit her head. They don't know. They don't say. <laughs> Just amnesia. <laughs> I, I think like, like hitting her head, the hitting her headline was like somebody hoping she hit her head and like <laughs> dragging her in the boat. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Because she's uh, like, a, she plays a world-class asshole. Yeah, which I mean, and she's very good at it. Very, and it's very like, good, clearly yeah. Goldie Hawn has no, she's not like that at all. Oh, yeah. So it's like very funny in mm. that, like, or it has a lot of potential to be like transcendent if the script was better, <laughs> you know, like, cause that idea is good. If, if the film just wasn't, wasn't a cash grab, yeah. it, it would have been, if it wasn't might this have, movie might've might been art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the thing. There's no artistry in this movie. This is craftsmanship and sometimes shoddy at that. Right. Um, so anyway, right. Uh, she is brought in and they're like, they don't know who she is. And then they play her on the TV and her husband does see it. And goes to see her, and she because she's such. I mean, the movie throws bitch around all the time. Oh, yeah. I'm not trying to, but it's like this lady is supposed to be a bitch, like yeah. like a cartoonish level of insane, impossible to deal with, like right. like super like it is misogynistic to write her, <laughs> like that a woman could be that bad, yes, or any human, right? Yeah. Um, and he sees her, and he's like, oh yeah, and then he just bounces. He pre- pretends not to know her, pretends she's not his yeah. wife. Yeah, 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 which is like. 
incredibly grim. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then Kurt Russell is like drinking at the bowling alley with his buddy. Who's like the guy who is always that guy. That guy. You know, um, yeah. Uh, Mike Mike Haggerty. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he sees him on the TV. He sees her on the TV and he's like, Oh, all right. And he like comes up with a plan instantaneously, which means he's a, a complete sociopath like <laughs> you know like he instantly is like whoa i'm gonna go in there and like tell her that she's my wife and get like 25 dollars a day you know that'll pay for the 600 bucks you know about a, in about a month uh-huh. or whatever that she owes him <laughs> or whatever and then like that works they like try and you know vet it but like He's like, oh, yeah, she's got like a heart-shaped mole by her ass cheek because he was checking her out when he was on the... She was in a thong. Like, yeah. It's a PG-13 movie. Just, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, weird shit in the 80s. Bro. I mean, it is the 80s. You know, there were boobs in PG movies, like 16 Candles and stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... Because, like, I'm, I was questioning how much I liked this movie as a kid. And it's like, is a lot of that because Goldie Hawn in a bathing suit like yeah i mean i I didn't stop i I didn't watch this past the age of 11 so it's like i don't know why i I liked this (laughs) same (laughs) um i just remembered all the contraptions like the closet there's like there's like goldberg level contraptions that the guy builds and then like the golfing thing at the end too yeah yeah built a really cool putt-putt course with a lot of like moving parts yeah that's where the budget went probably (laughs) (laughs) That, that for me was like the only reason I watched the movie. I knew what was coming. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, sweet Jesus, what a cringe premise. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he takes her home and convinces her that Gas, that's gaslights it, her. Yeah. That, that's his wife. And that you've they've been married and you were fat. And like, these are, these four boys are, who are monsters are your children and you're supposed to love them and you have to love me and all of that. And, and I picked up this time. He brought them into this too. He brought the boys into, oh, the, yeah. into the plot. Like that's fucking low. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're that's lying. They know. Low. And they're like on board with it. We need a mom. Like it's, it's also deeply sad, right? Like these boys, mom died. Okay. That's, that's horrible. Did she though? I'm curious. I want to know for sure. Is this a Brad Pitt in once upon a time in Hollywood situation where it's like, did Kurt Russell kill his wife? That's right. Like, how do I trust him? How do I trust him after all this? Cause everything he says sounds made up too. Right. So it's like, this guy was married to some big fat lady as he puts it. And I'm like, I don't believe that. No. This guy's a psychopath. Like, no, no, he didn't love anyone like that. He is so shallow, so vain. I kind of want to recut a trailer with like an evil sounding background. Yeah. To make yeah. it into a horror film. I mean, and when she first like is being immersed into her new world, it is a horror film, yeah. but it's like, but like it's very looney tunes right no it's horrific it is like you and she she says like i am in hell my life is hell yep and but it's like i was trying to think i was trying not to do this i was trying to let the movie sweep me away but there was nothing about this movie that could do that (laughs) so i'm like sitting there going like jesus christ this is one of the scariest things that could happen to a human being there's like <laughs> horror movies today wish they had this premise. Yeah. Like, I mean, maybe this should be off mic, right? But they have <laughs> taken multiple eighties comedy premises and turned them into horror movies. Mm-hmm. This one is right there. 
Yeah. Just make the horror film. And maybe it's too real. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I he makes know. a sex slave. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> what? Fucking, the, yeah. I, and I, I, I thought of this even before rewatching it, remembering what the movie was about, thinking there's no fucking way this, 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 they can get, they could redeem themselves. Yeah. After that plot. And I mean, you're right. They try to, but they don't redeem themselves. If it wasn't for that one thing, that one, the whole gaslighting thing, and it was just Goldie Hawn's character meeting this family and falling in love and like meeting the kids, it would be a really good, wholesome Disney movie. I think so. Yeah. But this one little, the the, the whole, <laughs> how they get her into the house. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's deep lies. Uh, his friend is covering the four boys, him. It's like this big conspiracy. All these people telling her, I don't know, man. And he, he had just moved there. So that's why nobody knows him really. So right. no one can be like, what the fuck, bro? <laughs> like you were never married to that lady. Who's this lady? Yeah. That was a lady on TV. <laughs> um, no, but like, I mean, it just has like standard movie hijinks. One thing I was noticing, you said the editing, like so many jokes and lines are clearly ADR after the fact, which makes me like... Everyone's walking away from the camera when they're talking. Yeah. It's bizarre. But it's like, so what was in the script? (laughs) What was the script then? I want to read the script because I'm like, okay, there's like no jokes here. If the script didn't have these jokes, then what was this movie? Right. Like, what's the first cut of this movie? Like, oh my God. Uh, yeah, weird off-camera jokes, like strange, like how they would do in like CGI movies in the two thousands, where they yeah, just where they, yeah a character yells something off screen. Yeah, exactly. And it's like what? Like <laughs> yeah, you got to pepper it in, throw more in there, and punch it up. Yeah, um, it's got Roddy McDowell, who's famous from uh, Planet of the Apes. Is that where he's from? I like I know the name. Yeah, he's, I don't, I don't he, recall him from. I mean, he's he's dressed like an ape. That's probably why. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's one of the two apes in... He's in... He's like Dr. Zayas or something? No, no. There's the two nice ones. There's the lady who's like, but you're so damn ugly. Right. And her like partner is Roddy McDowell. Okay, okay. And he's he's like, now he's like, oh, I don't know. Oh. I mean, he's great as... Uh, those are beloved characters to me. Sure, and, sure. Like, I love Planet of the Apes. I'll, and I have rewatched those. They're still good. Um <laughs> But like this is his movie. He produced it. That's strange. I think he's just like I don't know. I don't know if he produced it. Like he he helped produce it. I don't think he. Uh, I don't think it was his like you know torch. Maybe to like, yeah. We'll look, I have we'll no idea what I can do. I think he yeah. was just looking for a check. Probably. I think everybody on this film was just looking for a check. Yeah. Um. I did notice that the one scene in the movie that just works from like like a script level th- through completion is the scene that kind of the whole movie hinges on. So it's clear that they were like firing on all their cylinders, whatever those were. And it's when she, after she comes back um, and is like trying to hang out with the rich people again and she like can't stand them. So she goes and hangs out with like the servers. Right. And she's like drinking shots or whatever with them. Yeah. She's showing them how to do tequila shots. Yeah. 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 And cause even they're up, uptight right but they're like workers you know they're not rich they just they are in a uptight world um and then they all leave everyone leaves and it's just roddy mcdowell and her and she's like talking about her crisis and he's like my dear you've been given a gift that like 
no other person on earth really has. And it's like the ability to truly embody the life of someone dramatically different from you and be able to like actually walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And he's like, you've been given a gift. And it's like, that scene works. This, yes. That like what he says works, them drinking before that whole thing. Like that is good. That's a, that's a character arc. That's yeah. an actual like character. You see it from. Yeah. Yeah. And much. it's like, it's the movie doesn't earn it, no. but it's there. And that part works. And I, it's so, and then he, Kurt Russell just randomly shows up with the boat, you know, I'm like, <laughs> but it's like that one scene, it's obvious they knew that the movie hinged on that yeah. and, and translating that message to people. And that's what makes it believable that it's like, yeah, she still loves that guy and she keeps the money or he, he gets the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, at the end, she reveals it's her money. Yeah. So she even takes that with her, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Kurt Russell's rich for doing all of that. And not going to jail. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and there's, like, weird stuff in there. She's got no tits, but she's got a great ass. Like, that's really supposed to be her son. And then she's like, what did he say? And he's like, nothing. Nothing, yeah. And it's like, what? No, you heard that. <laughs> Well, he's, uh, he's walking around with a Playboy before that too. Oh so. yeah, a lot of yeah. He's looking at porn. All the little, all the little kids are looking at the porn too. The 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 one the one joke I I did like was when Kurt Russell's character is talking to the the principal. She's like, "These children have no parental supervision." He's like, "Look, you don't have to tell me how lucky they are." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's a couple. There's, I like there's a couple of gems in there. They're they're trying to make me drink blood. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Like just as a single line on its own, I'm like, that's pretty good. That's pretty fun. Um, one note I had before I forget it that just like bothered me, which this is in good movies. Like Lost Boys is great, but like anything they, when they are in the comic book store and they're talking about comics, mm -hmm. it's like nonsense. It's just clearly nonsense. Like they did no research of any kind. It's just made up nonsense. Like what, what adults think children are saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Like uh, Superman number 186. And it's like, you're holding Superman 347. It's like, I literally don't understand how a, a script can't just be adapted with simple shit like that. Right? right. So good movies do that. So I'm not surprised with this, but they're like, She's reading a comic. We never see what they're reading, but she's like, and who's that? Oh, that's Joker. And then like the line of dialogue w just is not what the Joker would say, where it's like, ha ha ha, your feeble planet shall fall under my power. And I'm like, okay, well, the Joker wouldn't say that. He doesn't control the world and feeble power. Like what? He doesn't yeah. talk like that. This is bad. Yeah. They just are like, yeah, who, who's a bad guy? Joker. And they're like, yeah, Dr. Death. Dr. Death. Like, it's this weird, like, well, apparently, uh, the, the whole Dr. Death thing was a reference for, for another film they did. Oh, there, there's a bunch of Easter eggs, the letters GG. Okay. That spray painted all over their little clubhouse and everything. Um, some people's names. I didn't write them all down cause I was really disgusted with this movie, <laughs> but apparently Gary, Gary Marshall, like, and Kurt Russell, I think Goldie Hawn as well, put a shitload of Easter eggs in the movie. And okay. it's about, previous films that they had done just like three or four years earlier. Oh, okay. So Dr. Death was like, I, I, I do recognize the comic book thing was kind of fake. Yeah. And, but they were just like shoveling it into the dialogue, these little Easter eggs. Okay. So it was, cause yeah, it was like, it was like a, it just becomes a battle cry at the end. It's like Dr. Death. And like he come, that's when he tells the boys like, get your shit. Basically we're going to go get mom back. It's right. like, Dr. Death is ready to go or whatever, you know, something <laughs> like that. It's like, what? Yep. <laughs> like, 
I don't know, man. It it's like a movie from like another world where they're just like, this is what it's like an AI scripted movie or something that's, like that. That's what I would call the 1980s, really. Yeah, like, that's what's really disturbing about the AI stuff is that it resembles quite a bit of this scattershot, yeah, attempt at movie making i don't know what if adam sandler was a stapler (laughs) yeah i mean it is that joke and it's like i think that's just because of the formula right like this movie i was thinking about that too where i was like you could this could be one of the movies you study in like screenwriting class because it's like i mean you shouldn't because it's there's better examples but it's like it hits every beat Mm -hmm. of a standard 90 minute scripted film like every beat it's like everything there's the there's the it's never gonna work and now it works and then they fall apart but then the final getting back together and this character has a revelation and this character has a revelation she realizes she had what she wanted all along yeah which is a very uh i think it's a pretty misogynistic message in itself is like every woman wants to have kids and more kids yeah like and that's like the premise of the oh the yeah premise, the, but that's, that's built into the movie last line of the movie is yeah. he's like I want a girl. What, what can I give you? Yeah, you have everything. What can I possibly give you? A baby girl, and then they start making out and camera <laughs> helicopter shot fly away. There's a boat happily ever after. Fuck yeah, Kurt. Yeah. Hell yeah. Like what? Yeah. Uh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It felt very strange, but it's like the movie is so not aware of that. That's what I think. I think, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with the age of the people who made it. Like yeah. Roddy McDowell, Gary Marshall, you know, people from the 50s and 60s. Yeah. It's like very much boomer mentality. Sure. Or even older, right? Like they may, because uh, like know, Kurt yeah. Russell and Goldie Hawn are boomers. Yeah. Like, so if, because like Roddy McDowell is like acting in like the 50s, right? Yeah. So he wasn't born after, he was like born before World War II. Like, but even, even like, even boomers and before, like, there was, yeah, that was yeah, the mentality. Yeah. You gotta, gotta have kids. Gotta yeah, produce. yeah. Oh, yeah. Every, every country's in a breeding war. Yeah. So, like, everyone has to have that propaganda shoved in their fucking sure. face. Prepare for that again because <laughs> birth rates are going down. Yep. We're, we're going to start getting more of that. Oh, yeah. Uh, gotta win. Gotta win. Gotta yeah. pump them out. Yeah. Uh, this movie was remade. I will never watch that, but I just thought we should mention that. Yep. Anna Ferris and, uh, I don't know. They yeah, gender swap. Yeah. I didn't recognize the, the male actor, but yeah, they did gender swap and I love Anna Harris. Yeah. Or Ferris. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, there's all is 2017. There's almost no way they made it right. No. Cause it's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it's called overboard. It is a remake. It is. They can't have, I don't know. It's changed it. That still much. real weird. If it's, if it, if you're listening to this and it is different, leave us something in the comments, just, <laughs> just write it below and we'll ignore it. So yeah, <laughs> my mom liked it. I talked to her and she was like, they made another one of that. I liked that one too. And I was like, I don't know. Mom. <laughs> uh, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's just, did we get in, to the chemistry thing. We were talking about that off mic, but like... Uh, no, we haven't. Not for this. Okay. Um, but no, I also didn't realize that they had been um, dating basically basically since 1983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basically a, a what appears to be a monogamous relationship, just not married. Yes. Which is pretty cool. I didn't Good know for that. Yeah. Can, yeah. They've had great careers. Yeah. They're yeah. funny. I, I love them. I will watch anything they're in. Except, yeah. except this movie again. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like 
their chemistry is so real, so good. Both of them on their own, like superstars. Sure. Right? Like if it was just Golihan and Guy, it's like, okay, well, there's one superstar. If it's Kurt Russell and Lady, one one superstar. But like the fact that you have two superstars at that time, especially who have real, real chemistry, like are in love for real. Yeah. You know, had Kate Hudson was probably like a baby, you know, when this movie came out or a kid. She was born in uh, 79. So, oh, yeah. So then they've known each other even longer. Um, or is, oh, that's H- not H- Kurt's H- dad. H- so Hudson, yeah. Was okay. From the previous guy. Okay. But, okay. Okay. Yeah, I know what you mean. They all, they both had kids uh, soon after uh, Wyatt and. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Another person. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so it's about as much research as Russell, I wanted to do. Russell and Han oh, family, yeah. <laughs> we have great respect for you. Um, hey, we'll remake your movie with, with the kids. You know, like, <laughs> we'll rewrite it, though, better. <laughs> um, but, like, it, it almost feels like this literally could be any movie if that was any romantic movie and that's your leads. Mm-hmm. It would be Beloved in that same oh, certainly. way or yeah. something like it's everything is hanging on them. Everything, mm-hmm. every joke, everything. There is terrible jokes that like, I'm like, <laughs> like, cause it's like, <laughs> Oh, look at Kurt. Look at Kurt being, he's crazy. Like, and it's like, I don't like it, but I'm like, damn it. There's charm. Yep. Some weird, weird magic of charm. That's basically the only vein that flows through the entire film. Yeah, is the the yeah the chemistry between the two of them. Yeah, there's the super tall guy from Lost Boys, uh, Herman. His last name's Herman. The husband. Oh the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, husband. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's you know pretty funny in this. Very. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, her mother. Uh, oh yeah, uh, I, I forgot she was such a big part of this film. Yeah, she was actually like pushing for her daughter to be found. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like as a kid, I did not register that part of the movie. <laughs> no, she's, co- she, but it's like still ludicrous. Cause she's like, well, I'm going to call next week. And if she, if you haven't delivered her, then blah, blah, blah. It's like, you've been calling for like two months to get a hold of your daughter. You should be worried. But that's that's eight calls. Like today with cell phones. Yeah. yeah that's a little, that's way different. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I guess that's true. They are on a boat. Yeah, there's that too, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, the kids. I mean, they're just like kids. Everything's just weird. Like the peewee golf thing just seems to come out of nowhere. Like he is a carpenter. Yeah, but they were talking about it at the beginning of the film. So yeah. It was it was set up to be it's a just, plot point. It just feels so weird once it starts happening and you're like, oh, yeah, they're doing a peewee golf or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Oh yeah, that's the resolution. Oh okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. well, I guess uh, dream big, fall hard. So if you if you don't dream that high, and yeah, but but golf is all you're going for. You know, don't have that much far to fall. <laughs> I wish you could cut in the the Alan Silvestri music that is the theme of this song, which is just like. I can't conjure it in my head, thank God, but it was stuck in my head for like a day or whatever. And it's just like weird, like fiddling and like, it's like classical, but bluegrass or something. Oh, it's worse than that. That's Gary Marshall's band. Oh man. Uh, if you look closely during, I forget one of the bar scenes, there's that really old band on uh-huh. stage. The old guys, okay. Gary Marshall's playing drums. Wow. And they're very, very proud of their song. 
Yeah. Which I don't know who that was for. I don't know. It wasn't catchy. No. It, it wasn't. It was very 1950s. And they play it like six times. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They're very proud of the, the fucking... I mean, it's the theme of they, the movie. They had Randy Newman in the credits. Like, Oh, whoa. Was that's, he part of that? That's all he did, though, was the credits. Like, he didn't, oh. he didn't get to fucking... But it said music by, like, Alan Silvestri, I thought, who's like... I think that's just the score. Okay. Because um, he's like a big composer. Yeah. I think. Like, I knew his name. Yeah, same. That's and the I, only crew I member I knew their name. Oh, really? I didn't really pick up on the music at all, like other than the, other ho- than, the hokiness of it. Yeah. And then Randy Newman's voice at the very end during the credits. I was like, there's Randy. Uh, they they say music by Randy Newman in the beginning credits. And you're waiting the entire fucking film because <laughs> Randy Newman was in every 80s movie. He was sure. He yeah. Was, he did music. He was like his goofy, goofy voice. Yeah. 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 But um, and then hit it big with Pixar. Yep. That's got to be his biggest hit. I don't know. There's a, there's quite a few. Uh, we could do a deep dive on him. Just a <laughs> the it, Randy it's, its own podcast. It's or like, a Randy Newman biopic. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it got annoying. That's how much he was in movies. Yeah, like, yeah. It yeah. got like uh, it was a running joke if yeah. you had a Randy Newman song in here. Because <laughs> eventually, he just started tinkering with piano and coming up on the fly with lyrics. Yeah, they do that. The joke on Family Guy. Exactly. <laughs> Fat guy walking over, like, <laughs> picking up, and I don't know, doing something. It's like, yeah, yeah. I would have yeah. preferred an end credits rap, <laughs> which would have worked for 1987. Oh, my God. She threw him overboard, overboard. <laughs> right. Completely out of place. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, uh, the beginning of the port mm-hmm. they're in is actually Fort Bragg. Okay. The, almost the entire thing is in Fort Bragg. Okay, they filmed the whole movie there. Well, all the outside parts. Okay, all, all the boat stuff. Okay, and then the the water stuff, um, the Coast Guard stuff was down in L.A. Okay, yeah, there was. I mean, but Elk Cove is not a town in Oregon. It is, but it's way up in the mountains. Oh, okay. So like the entire port, they they just made it up. Made it all up. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's the least of your worries with this. I gotta like, is it that there was just like let's make a rom-com with a gimmick and it's like this one's got boats like that's kind of what it feels like right where it's like just insert rom-com idea plus gimmick like how do you give someone amnesia that was their problem yeah (laughs) boats boats water yeah and it's like i mean it works for the story like why would a rich lady be in this town yeah it's like oh yeah boats (laughs) I guess they're sailing down the West coast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty typical. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, the guy, the husband eventually made it to, I don't think not Hawaii, but down to, but probably Mexico. Yeah. Something before he had like to turn that. around and come back. So for his wife, he was having so much fun. Cause her mom showed up. Yeah. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> he was just gonna, that guy was just letting it ride too. That guy should have like, it should have been more about his story. That insane story where he's just like, he knows it's not going to last. Yeah. But he's going to do as much coke and fuck as many prostitutes as he possibly can with his wife's money before the divorce settlement. Yep. Yeah. That's pretty much that's, uh, yeah. He actually had a character. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty normal. Predictable. I mean, man. 
all those jokes. I keep thinking of like when the, they turn the boat and then they like roll out of the bed. And I don't know enough about boats, but I'm like, there's no fucking way this boat is tipped at that angle. <laughs> they, I, it didn't show it happening, but they will like do crazy shit if you turn them really fast. Sure. But like but. it goes like <laughs> to like a, I'm like, is the the yacht at 45 degrees? Is that possible? Yeah. You I, know boats. Yeah. I was, I was actually in the Coast Guard. So I, I have pictures of myself standing at 45 degrees on the wall and the floor. Whoa. I'll show them to you in a bit. Okay. Well, I'll take that part back. Then. <laughs> that part's correct. So you were in the final scenes with the Coast Guard. Yeah. 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 Actually, I, I looked the boat up, the Point Evans. Um, they actually... Um, decommissioned the boat right as I was going in the Coast Guard. So. Oh, okay. You never could have worked. Never, never got on that boat. With the iconic, dude, I work on the boat from overboard. <laughs> Fuck yes. <laughs> Everything's worth it. Yeah. It's, uh, well, yeah, when I was in, I mean, there's like the perfect storm, that film. There's a lot of the people I, my, on my first boat were in that movie. Oh, that's cool. So we actually do a lot of work with the film industry. So it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty normal to be in Part movies. Of a movie, yeah. yeah. I not that one maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Uh, it was it was cool to see the the Coast Guard represented though. I mean, the, none of the people in the image were. I, I believe they were Probably. all actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, and I think it's the director's son was that lookout making all the funny, all, not somewhat funny jokes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Now he's falling. He's he's like oh. turning the boat around. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That got really old really fast. All the jokes are so well-worn. And even in 1987, they just had to be so worn. No leather left on the bottom. No. That's why the time the scene changed. Nothing. Just like, I mean, I don't know. And like how some scenes would end would just be like, well, let's just end. It's just over. Let's talk about the editing real quick. There's, There's some real... There's a there's a really weird thing. I'm pretty sure you picked up on it where the the freeze frame dissolve. Sure. They did a couple uh, times, right? Yes. There's that's the thing is like I've never seen that in another movie from now going all the way back to the beginning of film. And since they did it multiple times, it was a style choice. Oh, you think Oh, okay. I don't think they ran out of film. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think they did the freeze frame and then dissolve to the next thing as like, this is going to be the next new cool editing thing. Their editor is trying to be a pioneer. Yeah. And it looks horrible. I thought the film was broken. And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm streaming it. I just assumed ran out of film, which made me think it was shoddier. But, but, but they never, but like shooting on film, you don't run out of film that way. You, you do your heads and tails. You do. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you always, you don't be- cut on the action or. Because they are craftsmen. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what we're seeing on display there. But it's like, it. Ha- I don't know. It's not even quality craft. It was an editing. It was a choice. It's so, it's so fucking weird. Which I bet a real editor. I mean, I'm sure they have a real editor. But it's like, I'm sure most editors would be like, yeah, you'd never do that. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. That, that, like, that's breaks the rule. I brought up like the college like film festivals stuff. We were used to seeing like really bad editing. Yeah. That, that jumped out to me. I mean, that is a college student thing to be like, dude, I just came up with like such a sick way. Like, this is such a good way to edit this movie. And then like, no one likes it. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's distracting. Like, yeah. You're not supposed to see your editing. You're supposed to. No. Hide it. Yeah. And I mean, the voice, the voices off camera were so distracting. Well, there's, um, there's the, the biggest one um, at the mental hospital. At the beginning, the husband's like, nope, don't know her. They cut to a shot of the yacht sailing away. And the voiceover of the husband saying, nope, don't know her. 
and then back to the action. Yeah. Like, when did that happen? Was that the same day? Did the time, did he fucking teleport to the, yeah. <laughs> from the hospital He's to just the repeating boat? it to himself later that day. <laughs> just like. But then it comes nope. back to like the same day and then they're in the hospital and Kurt Russell's showing up. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. The, uh. Not for me. I mean, it doesn't make sense. No, no, no. It's just, uh, it was very Looney Tunes. It was like the, um, but those are Bugs quality Bunny films. running away. <laughs> <laughs> yep. The weird off camera dialogue. I have that written down several times. I don't know, man. It's, it's just a strange, strange, strange thing, especially now. Like it, I, I did read one review from the time because I had to know what people thought. Like, yeah. yeah. And I, well, I, I read more than one, but I found a review that was like scathing. That's like, this is offensive. This is misogynistic. He like, it, it, they're not using like thrown around the words we use today, but right. like are still saying like. They're trying to throw the flags. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, you like trapped a woman against her will and enslaved her. Like, this is weird. Uh-huh. And this is from 1987. So I was like, okay, at least I understand that like. This isn't just one of those weird examples where it's like, yeah, the world was different. It didn't fly completely under the radar. No. Like, yeah. it was weird to people. Yeah. So that's good. That's good to know. Shit, I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah. His, his character's motivation changed for me from what I thought it was. I thought it was just a creepy guy doing the sex slave thing. But it was a revenge trip. Oh, yeah. Uh, just to get his money back. Yeah. So it wasn't like, um, I'm not excusing it in any way, but it, it was a, it was more revenge turning into, oh, let's fall in love kind of deal. Well, he tries to sleep with her and then she like doesn't want to. And so he like doesn't pressure, right? Because the movie's trying to make you think that he's a good guy right. or whatever. And then they do have sex once he like romances her appropriately. Right. But like <laughs> he's, he says at the beginning, he's like, I'm going to get some, uh, the money, $25 a day to be my slave, basically. And then he's like, and I might get, I don't remember how he phrases it, but he's like, I might get something, right, something right. extra there, out yeah, of it, was too. A little, the little guy talk. Yeah, yeah, with, with his buddy, who's like the perfect guy to be like, <laughs> yeah, you're you're gross. <laughs> he just, like, I mean, all the love to that guy, because, like, you need that guy in a movie. Yeah. Like, and he was perfectly cast. 115 film credits. I don't think he ever played a lead or oh. any, anything more. He's always the guy, that guy. He's so, always that guy. Yeah, yeah, he's in Wayne's World. Definitely fit the part, yeah. Um, So this is from um, the San Bernardino Sun, mm. uh, December 16th, 1987, written by Richard Freeman. So he's describing the movie and then it's like, and here the offensively sadistic fun begins, leeringly calling her sugar lips. Dean hauls her to his cabin in the woods, infested by his four squalid brawling brats, and introduces her to his even more repulsively macho best friend, beer guzzling Billy, Michael Haggerty. As he makes her perform such chores as cooking a chicken from scratch until she comes to recognize herself in her new existence as a, quote, short, fat slut. This humiliation is supposed to last, is supposed to last 
for a mere month, which Dean figures is sufficient punishment for her having spurned his carpentry back on the boat. But it seems to go on forever. (laughs) She even becomes jealous when Dean takes off every night for parts unknown until she discovers he's really been moonlighting by gutting fish at a fertilizer plant. A different sort of fertilizer is what Overboard most closely resembles. (laughs) Han, Han copes heroically but futilely with an impossible dual part and Russell doggedly flexes his pecs, he doesn't seem to own a shirt, until they gleam with sweat, but all to no comic avail. The whole film comes off as an unfunny, nightmarish, anti-feminist version of The Taming of the Shrew, in which Petruchio is a sadistic lout and Kate a comic strip Miss Gotrox, who almost deserves everything she gets. Wow. So like scathing somebody find somebody got it on, yeah. on the day yeah Thank richard God. freeman yeah at the san bernardino, san bernardino sun let's toast to that yeah Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean but i i had to like because after I'm watching glad, it, i was I'm like glad you did like i i thought it just went by everybody yeah it was just the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah that's what you do <laughs> you go get her it was a movie it was uh yeah yeah chemistry chemistry yeah but also these are film critics who are looking deeper. Yeah, a little bit. Right? Like, yeah. generally, I, I, I'm going to pull more Richard Freeman. Yeah, yeah more for sure. Like, I, you know, for whatever movies we're watching, I'm going to check that guy out in the future because <laughs> he's on my side now. I'm like, you were ahead of the, 1987, you were? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, anti-feminist, you know? Like, that's what this is. <laughs> Very much. I don't have much more. Like, I, I barely got enough talking points to carry on yeah i mean the the bad editing the the premise itself like tarnished the thing yeah from the start you know i even knew that going in yeah 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 but um and like finding out that kurt russell and um goldie hahn goldie hahn were in a relationship and like doesn't doesn't water down the 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 horrible premise no no you know i mean it's the only reason it works that's what i'm saying like yeah if they didn't have chemistry it would feel so creepy yeah like even to the average person who isn't looking deeper you would hope so right because everyone also they were like why are you looking so deep on the premise or whatever it's just a (laughs) it's just a silly movie and i'm like you are right there are just silly movies but i don't care if you make fun of my movies like, nor should they care what I think. Right. You know, if you love Overboard, we're going to watch it every day, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, don't do that. But if that's what makes you happy, I mean, this world's hard enough. Right? Right. Sure. <laughs> but like, just, you need to be like, there's a difference between I love something and it's good. Yep. And like, I find most people cannot come to terms with those things. It's like, if I like it, it's good. It's there's- like, no. There's one film, I think in like 2016, 2015-ish, I think it was The Passenger. Okay. It's a it's a kind of sci-fi spaceship movie. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, I'd have to look up their names. But the, the guy wakes up from like cryo early, mm-hmm. and he find, he's alone. So he wakes up a woman and like does the same kind of gaslighting thing. <laughs> and like... People were like kind of bouncing it back and forth. Like, is this good? Is this a bad thing? But is the movie played a little more nuanced where it's like, oh, maybe this guy. Cause like you could make this movie and just like, don't 
if it didn't have the sappy, like everything works out ending, then it's about a scary person. Right. And it's like, you can make this movie. Yeah. Like that's know. how, that's just how you remake that, that's, it. That's the thing is I don't think it was, it was played as like, look at, he did a horrible thing. It's like, oh, they, they gotta be awake a long time. They should be together. Oh, I think that's how the movie did it. So it has more reason why someone would do something like that, but still isn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, still being made in this late time. Mm. Uh, well, but, um, so a, we could do a quick, uh, couple minutes, just name Kurt Russell movies that are good. <laughs> <laughs> Try to bring it back. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. Let's do that. Let's let's, let's the cleaner palette. Okay. With, uh, I mean, big trouble in China. You already brought that up. That's uh-huh. great. Obviously the thing, oh, like yeah. the greatest, just yep. the greatest, one of the best movies ever. Um, he's in, um, hateful eight. He's fantastic in that. Oh, I yeah. thought that was awesome. And Tarantino's death proof. Yep. Death proof. And, and this guy who he's in, in in overboard is more like the guy from death proof. Yes. Very much. It's like, I'm this twinkling blue eyed, like handsome man, but it's like, ha, 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 like I'm going to gut you. Like, you know, it's like that type of person. It's basically what happened to like the guy from overboard in the future. He's, yeah. He's like, Going yeah, she eventually got wise, left, took the money, <laughs> and his kids are dead or something. I like this. This, this, uh, yeah, I can, <laughs> I can enjoy this premise. Yeah. Um, I mean, what else? He's like, he's just always great. Yeah. I mean, like one film, a lot of people seem to miss completely. It was Soldier. Sure. Yeah. 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 You've seen, you've seen that one? I've seen it a long time ago, but I have in, seen it. It came out in 98. So it was overshadowed by a lot of bigger films like Matrix and, Yo, and yeah, some other yeah. American Beauty and stuff like that. So I understand why people missed it, but for me, for Kurt Russell films, that's a Kurt Russell film. Yeah, it's like hard sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's him acting. And I was telling my friend the other night as well. He doesn't speak much. Yeah, he's just a soldier, but he has a huge character arc that he has to deliver through his face. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he does it because he's a great actor. He he's, is. He is a good actor. Yeah. I mean, he he was a Disney kid too, Disney which is kid. crazy. I found that out the other day too. That's I did not know that. And then what he comes back, he's bad guy in like, uh, or he's like Star Lord's dad, right? Yep. And it's he's like in the Marvel oh, universe, dude. Yeah. You're coming home. Yeah. Like this isn't. Oh, Kurt Russell's doing a Disney movie. It's like no, no, no. They made him. Yeah. They like hired him at like eleven. He was basically uh, uh, like a Britney Spears. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he was a kid, he was on like um, TV shows. TV for shows the, like Gunsmoke and yeah, like the like Disney that. shows, and then like was in their movies, like the computer wears tennis shoes and yeah. all these ones, like uh, like Jodie Foster or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's so many Disney kids that did become, but it's just like Kurt Russell. You don't think of him that no, way not at all. And I, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge him that. Like, I think he earned his no. way. Oh, of course. Yeah. Uh, uh, Escape from New York, Escape from L.A. Oh, yes. yeah, I mean, how could we forget those? Yeah, him um, and John Carpenter, like all of those combos are so good. Yes. You know, I mean, I do think his best movies are John Carpenter movies. Yeah. You know, and it's like, but you you never know that because, but you're like, John Carpenter was taking a Disney kid and tweaking his image. Kind of like dragging him through the dirt and like holding him up. You're yeah. Like, look, look what I did to your ch- your your golden child. It's and almost, but it's almost like, you know, uh, Travolta in Pulp Fiction yeah. or something where it's like, obviously he's a little bit older and stuff, but it's like, I'm taking this guy's image and I'm going to just, because he's capable of so much more, mm-hmm. going to just 
change everything. And it's like, yeah, I think of Kurt Russell as a badass action movie guy. Sure. You know, not a rom-com guy, though I know he's done other rom-coms. Yep. Because, like, now I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't know what he did in the 90s. I really don't know most of the 90s. Cap, work. Captain Ron. I'd, I'd love to do Captain Ron. Captain next. Ron. That's, that, that was kind of like my model for being in the Coast Guard because I, I did get stationed in the Caribbean and I just sailed the Caribbean for three years. Wow. I did the Captain Ron thing. It was awesome. See, from what I remember, Captain Ron is like Uncle Buck, but Kurt Russell is Uncle <laughs> Buck, where it's like he, yeah. he loves them, but you don't want him around. He's ruining your life. That's what I remember. Yeah. I don't know, though. Yeah, yeah. He's a little more... Uh, if I was a, it was a Martin Short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if I was a parent, I would not want to put my kids around. Yeah, a, a, you know, a, a boat bum. Yeah, Uncle Buck would be another good one to do. Fuck yeah, anything John Candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything and everything John Candy's coming up. Yeah, stay tuned, folks. <laughs> and then uh, what? Goldie Hawn is in like Death Becomes Her. That movie's crazy. One of my favorite favorite yeah. films of all time. And and she's a producer as well. She didn't just. She's also started early, like Kurt Russell. Yeah, yeah. Started early in the industry. And like, I don't know if she got bored acting, but she started taking up her production mantles and started okay being more involved uh, behind the scenes. So she's like a powerhouse. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. And I mean, yeah, she started really young. She was like a model when mm-hmm. she, she was like 17 or 16 or something. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I only recently learned Kate Hudson was her daughter. Yeah, yeah. Like... They and they it was an interview. It was I think it was Hot Ones with Kate Hudson. Oh, okay, <laughs> and and they they asked her a question like how how do you do you feel about your career with your mother being this this you know acting powerhouse and like kind of keeping that secret or just not playing it up. Yeah, and yeah. Kate, Kate Hudson was like, yeah, it was great. I made my own way. I'm like, bravo. Yeah, it. respect to Kate Hudson. Totally. I mean, yep. And I she kind of had the same thing. She kind of went away, you know. Mm-hmm. And then she's in the Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Yep. And it was great. To see her, I was like, oh, yeah, Kate Hudson. Like, yeah. dude, she's, she was, like, huge in my childhood. Like, she was, like, one of the biggest stars. Yeah, for sure. And then just kind of went away. Like almost famous. I mean, hopefully it's by her choice, you know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. What a, what a luxury. Right? Yeah. Well, watch <laughs> any of these movies that we've just mentioned instead of instead this of movie. Or the 2017 one. Yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> Don't give them your money, folks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, just to wrap up. Um, at the end of every podcast, we like to determine whether or not we're going to kill the film, watch, watch out, see how it turns out or let it live. What do you you think, Robert? So this is where I'm like, this is so strange for me personally, kill it, like destroy it. I never need to watch this movie again. And I don't think future generations will be, uh, they like benefit from it in any way. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to have lost something if this movie disappeared from existence. But every person I talk to loves <laughs> this movie. And I can't tell them they're wrong. I don't know. Like, I don't like it. It's not for me. Yeah. So I don't really know what that answer is. Well, like, I think a part of being in this podcast and the premise behind it is that we have to be okay with being the bad guys from time to time. Yeah. And I got to say... Uh, this is this film does not deserve to live <laughs> i mean uh, it doesn't so, <laughs> i i had a really strong nostalgia for it for, yeah. from when i was a kid i loved watching it but now knowing what i was tricked into liking yeah yeah i fucking hate it and i mean i do feel like on some level either they a haven't watched it in very long or b are unable to shed the nostalgia factor sure like i don't think 
any of the people I spoke to, if they had watched that movie today for the first time, would then in five to 10 years be like, I love that movie. Like I've watched it a bunch. Like I think all of them watched it when they were young. Like my mom watched it. I mean, she was fully grown when it came out, but like she's probably watched it for years. Right. And my mom just likes movies. I'm not going to judge, you know, like (laughs) she's not paying attention or questioning that stuff. And it's like, not everyone is going to do that. Sure. You know? And that's a very important thing to, to point out is like everyone enjoys film on a different level. Yeah. Completely. Different intensity. um, Yeah. Different reasons. Completely. And And we get it. Yeah, I mean, I think we said this, uh, or no, we did get into it, but it's like, people just want to hang out with mm-hmm. Kurt and Goldie. Yep, very good point. They could was, just be hanging out in a room. Kind of like what we're doing on a podcast, <laughs> and people are just listening to us talk. Yeah, if in 1987, <laughs> they had just recorded a filmed conversation between the two of them, just talking uh-huh. and bantering, It'd be great. that would be the movie that everyone nostalgically <laughs> feels for. They're like, Oh my God, I love that movie. Oh yep. my God. Yep. Like, Oh, when they're talking and then they're so sweet together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, but yeah, no, I mean, there's nothing here other than them. Yeah. Like very much, or it's the most forgettable movie that no one would ever watch again, but they are superstars. So very much so. So yeah, I mean, cast it into space as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> Someone loves it. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. That's uh, decided then. Uh, <laughs> it is done. It is done. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. This has been the Nostalgia Killers. I have been Luke Loaned. I've been Robert Neguesco. Um, Please follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, at Robert underscore N-E-G-O-E-S-C-O, or uh, on YouTube, at Robert Negoesco. No spaces or underscores there. Um, same spelling um yeah please uh check out what i've been working on got comics coming out uh got a 25 dollar bundle of five comics that people mm-hmm. can get that includes the shipping so yeah check it out very cool man thank you thank you everybody for listening we'll be watching out for your uh, torches and pitchforks <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I do want to hear what people have to say <laughs> i do want to hear like the response to this i would love a well-written response that just destroys all our arguments sure. i would that would blow my mind i would love it sure i would totally read it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you're still wrong. But like, <laughs> but I will hear you out. I will hear you out. Yep, yep. <laughs> Somebody's college thesis was written on this movie. Oh, yeah. You know it. So Somebody defended it. People's lives were based on this movie. I, I bought a boat and married my wife because of this movie. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs>